House chief strategist Steve Bannon has stepped down from his position as the head of Breitbart News, so he's unemployed. I guess all this time, he really was dressing for the job he wanted. Sloppy Steve. Sloppy Steve. So, Milo Yiannopoulos, uh, a little bit later this hour, does, is he still with Breitbart or did he leave Breitbart? He left. Now, did he come Forced in? Out. Did he come in under Andrew Breitbart and then work for Steve Bannon? That's a good question. We could ask I don't him. Know that we could ask him about the state of Breitbart because I know a lot of you are really into Breitbart. And some of you think it's the, the the devil. So, well, it it definitely changed under Bannon. Sure, I loved it under Andrew Breitbart. It was really good. I think he came on under Andrew Breitbart. Anyway, we'll ask him later. Yeah. Okay. Among other things. Hey, uh, just a quick note to the uh, custodial workers of the world, sometimes known as janitors. When you jam so many paper towels into the dispenser that not a single one more can fit, you're not doing anybody any favors, all right? Satchmo, you're just making torn shreds of paper towel exist in the world, all right? Or 500 come out at once and they end up in the trash. Well, right, yeah. You got to, like, take 30 out and, right, exactly. Of course, if you secretly hate, uh, you know, the <laughs> cubicle drones of the world, <laughs> and you want to make them angry, well, mission accomplished. Which could be the position of many janitors. Perhaps you want them to be dead, he says, as means of transition to what's likely to kill you, according to the most recent figures from the Centers for Disease Control. How many centers can there be? Hmm. So uh, I'm going to lead with women, because you women have been, uh, I tell you what, the whole Harvey Weinstein thing, you've been, please, you deserve a break, you deserve a favor, so I'm going to tell you what's going to kill you first. Now, there are differences by ethnicity, we really don't have the time to get very far into it, a um, uh, lot of heart disease among our black brothers and sisters, you got to watch your weight, watch your blood pressure, I say that because I love you, but uh, kind of overall numbers, Um. It goes by age group. Here's women's first. Age 1 to 4, unintentional injuries. 5 to 9, unintentional injuries. 10 to 14, unintentional injuries. 15 to 19, unintentional injuries. Question. 20 to 24, unintentional injuries. 25 to 34, unintentional injuries. Yes. What are intentional injuries? <laughs> so that would be... I'm going to stick this screwdriver in my eye. <laughs> right. Ow! Success! Turns out it hurts. Uh, no, that, as opposed to uh, homicide or suicide, for instance. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Boy, that's, yeah. uh, well, all parents know this, but that's that's troubling. That's that's part of your job. Yeah. Is to avoid that, the most common way your kid would die is some sort of accident. Yeah, there are differences um, in various groups in uh, child mortality, infant mortality, and a lot of that has to do with the attentiveness of parenting. Some might suggest in some circles the over-attentiveness of some parents these days. Yeah, but, and that's and that, um, yeah. it's and, true. It just is. And that's a tough one. I, I think every parent can think of a couple of instances where, uh, you know, it was God's grace or a second or whatever. Oh, please, yes. And, uh, you know, were you not paying enough attention or, you know, I don't know. Accidents happen, but God dang oh, it! I can absolutely think of, lucky. I think and can think of a couple that I shudder when I think about them. Yeah, yeah. Here, here. Oh. So, uh, ladies, finally at age thirty-four, you uh, move beyond unintentional injuries being the number one cause. And I will tell you, at age twenty-five to thirty-four, it's almost triple the number two, which is cancer. So it's a clear winner. Uh, age thirty-five to forty-four, there it is. Cancer uh, grabs the lead over unintentional injuries. Um, with about 24.6% uh, of deaths at that age. Uh, ladies, 45 to 54, cancer. 55 to 64, cancer. Age 65, heart disease. 
jumps up and grabs the lead from cancer, which quickly snatches it back when you turn 65. 75 cancer, 85 heart disease, all ages heart disease. Total, it's heart disease barely above cancer for women. They're tied, really. How much advance are they making in the world of heart disease? I know in cancer I had some numbers I was going to bring us at some point. Um, it's it's amazing the drop in deaths from cancer. Yes. I mean, just incredible. The, ch- the chance that you're going to die from cancer is way down from like 15 years ago. You know, my understanding is is um, prevention and knowledge and the science of heart disease is getting a lot better, but obesity is going up. Right. And so that's hurting the effort. All right. Now the fellers. Boys. Hello, boys. Unintentional injuries. Age 1 to 4, 5 to 9, 10 to 14, 15 to 19, 20 to 24, 25 to 34. And showing what a bunch of, you know, overcautious... The, the, uh, the, how overcautious women are, men still with unintentional injuries is number one at age 35 to 44. Yeah, there you go, men. Way to hang in there, fellas. Yeah. Huh? Way to keep jet skiing drunk. Right. <laughs> that's what I say. Way to keep trying out your kid's skateboard. So that's age 35 to 44. Finally. <laughs> um, and and uh, here's, here's actually, let's take a look at second place for dudes. As of age 10, suicide is number two. At, at 10, age 10? At age 10 to 14, 15 oh to God. 19, 20 to 24, and 25 to 34. Suicide is number two. Jeez. I'm going to glance back at the gals. This um, is not a happy segment. No, no. no was, it it intended, is not, was it intended to be? Because you failed. It leaps up for uh, teenage girls and then goes away pretty quickly. But remember, women, uh, girls uh, attempt suicide much more and uh, are successful much less than God. men. If there's one which thing. Which sounds kind of sexist. <laughs> yeah. Or it's not sexist if it's true. Right. Uh, if there's one thing you could change about human nature, and I don't think there's much you can do about it, but it'd be if you could if you could give teenagers a pill or something that would help them realize this isn't that important. No, you're going to look back on it and think, why did I even care? If you remember it at all, it's going to be vastly different, and you'll barely remember it. Yeah, yeah, because so much will happen anyway. So uh, last we knew, the the guys were jet skiing drunk. As of age 45 to 54, heart disease. I'm too fat to jet ski. I think I'll just sit here and eat uh, one of them big onion things. We got one of those over vacation. What's the big onion thing? We got more blooming onions in there. Yes, the big blooming onion thing. Exactly. God dang, those are good. They don't reheat well. Oh, Lord, no. Toaster oven or bust. You Mm. cannot nuke them. Uh, Then at age 55, cancer leaps ahead of heart disease. Age 65, heart disease, down but not out, jumps back up and grabs a lead by a couple of percentages. And then, in an up-and-down epic battle reminiscent of Georgia, Alabama, cancer grabs the lead again at age 65, 75, and then it's heart disease till uh, finally you meet Jesus. <laughs> if those are your beliefs. Wow. So they need to work harder to get the word out that when the doctor says you have cancer, it's not, you know, you don't need to think, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Because that's just, it's changed so much so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyway, oh, there's uh, chronic liver disease at number four for men in their 50s. As uh, once again, the coroner told me, who are your typical customers? Middle aged white men, alcoholic. Um, and and uh, I mentioned the other day that nearly 90,000 people had 
year die from drinking too much, which is way more than the opioid epidemic. Sure. That has become a national crisis or yeah. car wrecks or any of the other things. Is yeah. lightning strikes on that list? Yes, lightning strikes. Very it's, common. It's down very far. Because about know, one out of five people. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, there at number 10 uh, for, I don't even want to talk about it. It's, yeah, it's terrible. No. Don't. The heavy. HIV, 1.2% of 35 to 44-year-old men huh? who go, go from the heavy. I'll be damned. So anyway, but that's so a little ins- death. But, it's another Mortality Wednesday. But so huh? for men and women, until you're mid-30s, accident is really the thing you got to be most concerned about. Yeah. Car wrecks, etc. Setting a spider on fire to try to kill it. I'm looking at you, Red in California. Spelunking mishaps. Oh, God. Rocking the vending machine and it falls on you. Sure, it happens all the time. I've always wanted to spelunk. I've had a, a passion for it as a kid, in theory, but I can't do the claustrophobia thing. I can't squeeze through some tube in the earth for, you know, 130 feet to come into the majestic cavern. What I would freak out and die. I'll look at pictures of them. High def pictures. And it's a regret, but I suppose I could like get hypnotized out of it or something and splunk to my heart's content, but eh, I've never done it. I'm looking before we take a break, I'm looking at the CBS early show now with John Dickerson at the helm. Instead Pre- of the Weasel Matt Lauer? That's a real change. Uh this was the, the Charlie Rose channel. Oh, sorry. Uh President praises Oprah but says he'd defeat her in twenty twenty. So the Oprah running against Trump story still continues for the uh national media. Day three of that. Oh, hey, that's right. We posed the challenge. What would be the negatives against Oprah? Well, the Armstrong and Getty Army of Oppo researchers has come up with a case against I, Oprah. I want to I hear that. All right. I, I'm thinking maybe 8 o'clock for that. Okay. Because I currently can't see how she would lose if she decides to, to run for Oprah. Oh, wait till you hear the devastating information we have. We're going to talk with Alex Stone coming up. He's in Southern California talking about the mudslides. And there, there might be 30-some people dead for mudslides, which is amazing. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome. How you doing? Thank you very much for tuning in. Let's get right to Alex Stone in Southern California, checking the highways and the byways in the wake of absolutely devastating and astounding mudslides. Uh, Alex Stone of ABC News joins us. Hello, Alex. How are you? Hey, guys. Doing well. And, uh, yeah, you speak of the, the highways. Highway 101 uh, is still shut down for anybody who uh, might be trying to, to drive along that stretch. Uh, the CHP doesn't know when they're going to be able to, to reopen up that stretch uh, through Santa Barbara, through Montecito and Carpinteria down to Ventura, that uh, there is so much mud. It's like wet concrete, the mud, uh, along with trees and boulders the size of buses and mangled cars and debris from homes as it all came down the hill in the the torrent of water, they've got to clean all that up, and it's going to take some time. You know, I say this with no disrespect uh, to anyone anywhere in the world, Alex, because a human life is a human life, but this is the first world. This is the state of California. We do not expect um, caveman-type deaths at this point. This had to be a sudden and gigantic mudslide. 
It was extremely sudden. Uh, the, the people who live uh, around the area in Montecito, they say, well, first of all, they were in a voluntary evacuation zone that, uh, that their area wasn't seen as, as being the, the most a- extreme in danger, that there were other areas that were mandatory evacuation zones, and those areas are doing okay today. So they were told, hey, you may have some debris flow. You may have to get out. Be ready to go. You can go if you want to go, but you don't have to. Well, many people didn't go, and then they woke up to water rushing through their homes, and these are mansions, multi-million dollar mansions that were completely blown apart. They don't exist any longer. The foundations are there, uh, but it's just, uh, you know, a mile down the road, piles of two-by-fours and pieces of possessions and everything else. There were boulders coming down. I mentioned the size of buses. I mean, they really are the size of big rigs that went ripping through homes, busting these things wide open, Uh, and, and unfortunately, People were in the homes as well, and and now the death count is going up. And so how much talk is there of do we rebuild in these same areas, or is it a good idea to have homes there and that sort of thing? Well, we really haven't gotten to that point yet just because it's such a a mess, and and there's the the search for for people who are potentially still buried in the mud and urban search and rescue teams from around California are coming in today. But no doubt that will come. Uh, although this has happened in other areas of Southern California, and, and really what prompted these mudslides, it was the wildfires. So you're in an okay location until you get a wildfire around there that uh, loosens the soil and, and makes it uh, impossible for the, the runoff to happen in a, a normal way. There's no vegetation, the soil is bare, and, and then it gives way. Uh, so it's a discussion that likely is going to come up, but uh, right now they're in search and rescue mode. Alex Stone, ABC News, is online. Alex, uh, do we have any belief that all souls are accounted for, or might there be more uh, dead? No. Uh, unfortunately, the sheriff believes the number is going to go up. It's at 15 right now. It went up overnight. They found more bodies, and there are about two dozen people who are still missing on the missing list, and there is a belief that that some of them may be buried in the mud, unfortunately. By the hour, it's quite cold out this morning. It's in the upper 40s. It's becoming less and less likely that anybody is still alive in, in the mud uh, if they are there and, and needing to be rescued. Uh, we ran into to one family yesterday that they put on wetsuits and boots, and they went out, uh, and they are searching for their mother. Uh, that They found the foundation of the home. It's the childhood home that they grew up in. The home is completely gone. It's about a mile down the road. Uh, they're searching everywhere, uh, thinking that, that her body may be somewhere in that mud. They want to find their mom. Uh, and, and those stories are going on around Montecito right now that people just don't know where their loved ones are. There is hope that those on the missing list might be on vacation or at a hotel somewhere, and nobody knows where they are. But unfortunately, the sheriff believes that that number, the number of dead, is going to go up. Quick shout out to the local and county uh, fire departments and, and rescue workers and cops and all who are doing some heroic stuff. Uh, helping people who are trapped in debris and mud and the rest of it. So uh, thanks for the great work, guys. Alex Stone of ABC News. Thanks, Alex. Always great to talk. You got it. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. You too. So it could be somewhere around 40 people dead from mudslides in America. Blink of an eye. All of a sudden you hear a rumbling and your house is gone. It's just, well, it's unthinkable, literally. Uh, We were at our agent's office in uh, Southern California just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, sitting there on a little cliff, and, man, it's a, it's a really cool, nice view to look way down out over the ocean and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about pictures from the old days and how you could see how much further out the cliff was right, from where it is currently. Right. Well, and, you know, another story, which I'm not sure how much we're at liberty to say, but I'll give you the basic rundown. 
uh, that area was just not after big earthquakes back in the day. Nobody wanted those properties. Too dangerous, too unsafe. No way. Banks were foreclosing. You could uh, pick them up for a song. Well, uh, after you know, twenty years of no more earthquakes, real estate that fabulous. All of a sudden, people think so. There was an earthquake a quarter century ago. What the hell do I care? And all of a sudden, it's worth a zillion dollars again. So you know, the same's going to happen. Sure, um, the same's going to happen in these areas. Plus, you know, what Alex said was uh, about the uh, you know the evacuation areas and the voluntary evacuation areas. I mean, it, it's. Geologists, the best they can possibly do is think, I'm really worried about over there, not so worried about over there. But how can you possibly monitor every, you know, sub chunk of a hillside in Southern California as it's getting pelted with rain? And as we saw, the best they could do is not quite good enough. Oh, geologists make meteorologists look like mathematicians. Oh, there's, there's no reason to go after the geologists in these troubled times. How about the horrifying meteorologists? No, oh, please. We're a plight on society. Oh, 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 boy. Oh, boy. You know who was a meteorologist? Stalin. <laughs> the only job he ever had, other than being an evil dictator, right. was meteorologist. Look it up. It's true. Case closed. Yes, case <laughs> Closed. I don't know if you're lying. I actually have to look. It's that up. not a lie. Oh no, no, he wouldn't lie about meteorologists, Sean. <laughs> you haven't known him as long as I have. It's one thing he never jokes about. <laughs> Just He's... like I never joked about chiropractic. Exactly. Right. Your hate goes bone deep. Uh, David Brooks in the New York Times warns against anti-Trump lowbrowism and how he thinks uh, the anti-Trump crowd, of which he is a member, has gone way too far. Interesting. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Trump's getting his first physical as president. Uh, he eats fast food. He doesn't exercise. People say he's gained a lot of weight. Mm, I have heard that. Uh, he doesn't have to disclose any of the info. Usually presidents do, although the last several presidents have been like super fit. Um, but well, we'll see. Remember, the last uh, physical we got from the president when he was running was from his, his crazy doctor <laughs> who said uh, President Trump was the most fit person to ever take yes. office. Right, which is uh, not only a medical, but a historical reach. <laughs> Dr. Lebowski. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So Trump's no getting kidding. his physical. So. <laughs> he is a big old fat boy. He is that. Uh, but, you know, he might just be genetically predisposed and pre, what? Uh, predisposed to, to, to having a long life in spite of his bad habits. It happens. Some of us are very lucky in that way. Can eat cheeseburgers, sleep five hours a day, and still have energy to go all day long. Right? God dang, that's amazing. He lives a stressful, stressful life by virtually anybody's standards. Yeah. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got President Trump launching a bitter Twitter attack on Senator Dianne Feinstein this morning. And how often you need to wash your linens to keep you and your family safe. (laughs) What is it with you? (laughs) Stories coming up minutes from now on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, I don't want to, uh, you know, be threatened by my linens. I'll stay tuned. Milo Yiannopoulos. Talk about a lightning rod. We got him coming up in about 15 minutes or so. We'll talk about what he's up to, the state of free speech, and Breitbart, if you're into that. Um, Since Bannon stepped down yesterday, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Milo Yiannopoulos wants to weigh in on Oprah and Hollywood, among other things. I'm sure he's got some exciting things to say, as he always does. So we'll Mm. talk to him in a few minutes. 
Right now, the news with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump's Twitter rage this morning directed at California Senator Dianne Feinstein after she released the transcript of what the head of the company behind the Trump-Russia dossier told the Senate Judiciary Committee. Fusion GPS chief Glenn Simpson testified to the committee that Christopher Steele, the ex-British spy hired to research Trump, told the FBI about his findings of possible collusion between Russia and Trump. Steele was reportedly concerned that Trump might be blackmailed by the Russians. He took that to the FBI. That is solid. I can believe that if he thinks there's dirt out there and the Russians have it, yeah. Trump tweeting minutes ago, quote, the fact that sneaky Dianne Feinstein, who has on numerous occasions stated the collusion between Trump-Russia has not been found, would release testimony in such an underhanded and possibly illegal way, totally without authorization, is a disgrace, must have tough primary, exclamation point. Um, well, yeah, she'll be succeeded by somebody way to her left. I am Mr. so POTUS. I am so lost on this whole Trump dossier fusion GPS investigation thing. Trying to follow it, and it, it, it's really tough. And it's getting tougher because yeah, Diane Feinstein released the testimony yesterday. The, the guy who runs Fusion GPS has been saying forever, "Hey, people are saying stuff that's not true. Release the testimony, and they'll know exactly what I said." Mm. I in, in in general, the more transparency, the better. Uh, you know, the more we we know, the better. The, the better. Lindsey Graham said that yesterday right. too. Well, well, said, well, I wanted to point something out. Simpson denied the dossier actually formed the basis for the right. FBI's initial investigations during the campaign. Simpson, eh? That comes from they they claim that the uh, Greenwald is that the guy's name. Maybe. Um, no, no, no. I'm talking of uh, Gargalopoulos. Gar- Gar- that guy. Remember? Oh, he's yeah. the guy. Yeah, Papadopoulos. Yeah, Papadopoulos. Yeah. Yes. He got yeah. drunk and started talking to right. some Australian. Uh-oh. Drunk late at oh, night wow, at a bar. that's the beginning right? to a lot of great stories. How, oh, we got so much stuff. The Russians have so much stuff on Hillary. Oh, you wait. Right. And and so then the Australian went to the FBI and said, there's a Trump guy that claims that the Russians are involved, and I don't know. And and so it's now believed that that's where the whole FBI investigation into this started, not with the Steele dossier. Right. It was with Papadopoulos shooting off his mouth drunk. Now, wow. whether he was, you know, overstating it, I don't know if you've ever done that when you're drunk, but uh, sometimes you overstate things. Sure. <laughs> Well, one interesting aspect of this was that the guy claimed that someone's already been killed because of the release of this document. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. but you and your people were shopping the document to all sorts yeah. of uh, websites and newspapers. And nobody thought, even... this is too nutty. It's I'm, We're not releasing this. Yeah, it's crap. Yeah, that's another interesting aspect of it. it is all the publications that hated Trump, right. hated Trump. Your yeah. New York Times, Washington Post, and they wouldn't print this because they just didn't think it was solid enough. Right. Now, the other aspect of it is that the, uh, two of the particulars with Fusion GPS, they wrote an op-ed piece last week in, uh-huh. the, in the New York Times, and they said, we hired Steele. We didn't tell him why, who right. we were working for, who was bankrolling. We told him we got one mission. We want to know why Donald Trump was so willing to invest in Russia when everybody else in the world is scared to death to invest in Russia because it's so shady. Hmm. Why was Trump so willing to put money into Russia? Right. That's, what the, that's what his mission was. What he came up with, I don't believe we entirely know yet. Hookers wee-weeing on a bed that Obama allegedly slept in and more. It's just, it's, this is a monster. It's a many-headed monster. 
All right, one other story to keep you and your family safe. You know, we all go too long between changing the sheets sometimes, but you'd be surprised. Yeah, I mean, for instance, if Russian hookers urinate on your sheets, you almost (laughs) certainly ought to change them right away. When I was a uh, single man, I could go quite a while. Oh, boy. Twixt washing the sheets. Well, experts. It's just me. Health long periods of time. Health. It's my choice, right? <laughs> if I want to baste in my own juices, right. I will. Oh, jeez. Oh, the juices in the sheets, not a good look. Health, but health experts have come up with this laundry list of when you should do your wash. Sheets you got to wash once a week. Bath <laughs> no towels. Chance. Can do. Bath towels every two days. Not happening. Dish, nah, nah, di- nah. Dish towels every day. Nah. What? Nah, every you smear day. around the microbes. They eat the rest of the food you didn't get off when you washed it. <laughs> <laughs> Bath mats once a week. Oh, boy. Yeah, they can be a little icky. And pillows every three months. Now, how many of you what? gentlemen do every no, three months? No, 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 no. Oh. Your fake science has been discredited. The study brought to you by laundry detergents. <laughs> if, you, if you have allergies, you have to wash your pillows more than that. Because pollen gets on them from your hair. I'd actually just say from a grunge standpoint, I think your your, your pillowcases are, uh, they, they should probably get washed practically more than anything. Well, yeah, for one thing, your head is naked. Now, a lot of people, the rest of you isn't when you sleep. So, yeah, I would say wherever your naked bod rubs up against linen is what needs to get washed, right? There you go. There you go. Well, right. All right, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting Getty Show, the voice of the West. Towels! I'm clean when I'm drying off. What the? Who cares? Oh, oh, no. There's a lot of rubbing going on. Oh, yeah. Little, little bits of, of skin coming rubbing. off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Milo Yiannopoulos is next. I'm sure he's uh, very excited about joining the program. It's a controversial booking. He said some things uh, that are very difficult to defend through the years. Well, you know, I, I'm assuming a lot of you know who he is. There's been a lot of riots at a lot of universities that he was showing up to talk. Mm-hmm. That's not on him. That's on the nut jobs who don't want to hear him speak. But, man, he is one of the great thinkers and talkers when it comes to free speech. He wants to weigh in on Oprah and Hollywood, which I guarantee is going to be good. Stay tuned for Milo Yiannopoulos coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We first met Milo Yiannopoulos at the Republican uh, convention in Cleveland mm-hmm. and uh, had him on, and I I was just blown away, and um, i become a fan. He's, he's, and we're going to have him on here in just a couple of seconds, and he's, part of his thing is he's outrageous, and uh, you know he gets a lot of attention and everything like that, which works. Um, he does get a lot of attention, but I, I, I often think that it takes away from how brilliant he is on some of your issues of freedom, particularly free speech. He was on Book TV this past year, and you know what? I'm going to make sure we link the episode from Book TV on hmm. our website. Yeah, He was on for an hour talking about his book, Dangerous, in which he explores free speech. And he was just, it was the suit and tie, um, brown hair Milo Yiannopoulos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he has a lot of different looks and acts where he's just talking in measured tones about free speech and 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 why it's so important in America and what the founding fathers believed and why it's going away. And as good as anybody I've ever heard ever, and I've read a lot on this stuff in my life, and he is fantastic. Yeah, I will tell you, he has unquestionably said things you disagree with, and I have disagreed with, and he's been called a lot of things, a provocateur, a bigot, a uh, you know sexist, uh, well, you know, a hundred different things. 
Um, and we'll leave it up to you as to which of those things are true. He is also unquestionably one of the most eloquent defenders of the free exchange of ideas and free speech since Thomas Jefferson. And I say that seriously. Um, I read recently that Jonah Goldberg, who I think is absolutely terrific, classic conservative, but a very funny guy, um, he dismissed Milo as nothing but hot air with no ideas. Really? And I thought that was either wildly ignorant or deliberately, you know, trying to shove him to the side, which I can, uh, which I can see. Milo's an incredibly inconvenient friend <laughs> oh, yeah. um, who apparently is uh, not answering his phone either, which is fine. Oh, yeah. Um, I, 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 a little behind the scenes. They're trying to get Milo on the line right now. The second we find out he's stiffest, we're going to turn on him savagely. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call for his arrest. <laughs> yeah. We will so, turn on him savagely. You know what's interesting? This is kind of meta. Milo himself is his argument. He embodies the, the core free speech argument, which is it is speech that is labeled by you or you or perhaps you way over there. Very different from you. Speech labeled by all of you as unacceptable and that which we shouldn't be hearing. That's the speech that needs to be protected. Popular speech doesn't need protection, except in, you know, some sort of heinous dictatorship, for instance. Um, you know, the stuff he said about uh, teenage boys and gay fellers and the rest of it. I don't see a line I can pick up. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm not down with that, but I get why he said it. And I don't think it's wrong that he said it. Um, I think it's it's mostly cowards who want to. Well, it's not mostly it's all entirely cowards or people who are profiting from something who want to suppress free speech or people who are deluded by their ideology. I'll listen to Nazis. I'll listen to that freaking moron Yvette, what's her name, from uh, By Any Means Necessary. I can't enjoy hearing her crazy, crazy thinking. I think she's dangerous. I think she's a criminal. I think her her, her uh, political stances are morally bankrupt. I don't want her silenced. So uh, what's going on? They're talking to him on the phone. We're running out of time. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. As we join Milo, uh... He should know that you just said he's the greatest speaker on freedom of speech since Thomas Jefferson. I said one of the most eloquent Okay, since Thomas Jefferson. I mean that seriously, Milo Yiannopoulos. Hello, Milo. Well, How are you? That is a ridiculous compliment, but I will accept it. Well, I was just uh, talking about, so I saw you on um, C-SPAN on the book TV thing where you were talking in very serious, you know, non-flamboyant Milo tones about free speech. And it was as good as anything I've ever heard on the topic ever in my life. And we're pretty hardcore. Well, I appreciate that. You see, in addition, in addition to winding up feminists and trolling Black Lives Matter activists and uh, prodding social justice warriors, I do also read books and even write them occasionally. So, you know, I think what people like about me is a blend of highbrow and lowbrow. So I, you know, I can be I can, well. That's that's a nice way of saying I read books, but I still like dropping the c word. Um, you know, <laughs> people, I think I think people like that about me. Sure. Yeah, well, and you're explaining our success, so uh, go ahead. Uh, so listen, we know you have a, a new TV show coming up, a, a subscription show, The Milo Show, and we'll uh, make sure people can find that. We'll have a, a link to dangerous.com slash join. Um, but uh, what do you think of what's been happening in the news? Did you watch the Golden Globes the other day with Oprah and everything? Didn't they look haggard? Did anyone else notice that? Was it just me? How drawn and gaunt and gray they all look? It's like it's like twelve months of the Trump presidency etched on their faces. They, <laughs> they cannot 
they cannot reconcile themselves with reality. They just cannot get their heads around it. They just can't accept what's happening to them. Uh, it's fabulous. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, God has, uh, of course, today passed judgment on uh, Oprah's presidential ambitions with that mudslide. Uh, 16, people, <laughs> 16 people dead in California because uh, Oprah said she might run for president. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> you see, Milo, some people might find that insensitive. Mm-hmm. We, we spent 30 years being bullied and oppressed and immiserated by social justice cronies and, and cultural scolds and nannies and bullies. And now we're getting a taste of what freedom is like. And I hope America keeps pushing in that direction where everybody can say, do and be whatever they want, crack whatever jokes they want. I hope that's the case. Cause otherwise, I'm out of a job. Um, and, and, you know, and, and really... This is supposed to be the country of the First Amendment. This is supposed to be where you can say whatever you want and let people judge you for it and sink or swim on your own merits and not, you know, be bullied into silence. Seventy-five percent of Republicans in America feel too terrified to express their political views in public because they think they're going to lose friends or lose their jobs. America can't work that way. It cannot operate like that. It is cancerous and it's killing the country. It's suffocating uh, you know, a free speech, it's suffocating democracy. This is the opposite of the classical liberalism that J.S. Mill intended that I love so much and that I, I think is the founding principle of American democracy. So I'm so happy to see these people, these awful scolds and bullies and finger waggers in Hollywood get what they deserve. Well, I like the phrase you used that uh, Oprah absolved Hollywood of its sins because there was a bit of a flavor of that, wasn't there? If I cheer loud enough, that proves I'm on the right side of this. Well, you see, uh, you know, Oprah, like this new rise of witchcraft, which you've probably seen on Drudge and all the rest of it, he's very good. He spots these things coming, uh, you know, as early as any of us. Um, there's this new, this rise of witchcraft and Satanism in response to, to Trump. This is just liberal finding God, but without the religion. They're reaching for the ineffable, uh, you know, but without the church. They know there's something, there must be something out there somewhere, but they, they just don't know what it might be. And, you know, they're trying their hardest to find a way to respond to a world they don't understand. Which is the, this world of Trump and anti-political correctness, all that stuff? Because they thought they had it sewn up. They thought they'd beaten us, uh, you know. And so, you know, because they don't have God, they're reaching for witchcraft. They're reaching for figures like Oprah, who were these, um, you know, '90s deities where there was certainty. And the thing is, if you're a Christian, you know that part of absolution involves contrition. You have to be not just be sorry, but make amends. Well, Hollywood doesn't want to make amends. They don't want to say sorry for what they've done. They don't want to actually make good. They just want to feel good. And so Oprah is standing up and absolving them of their sins, suggesting that they are the victims, in, and when in fact they're the perpetrators. Um, it, that's what her function is now in, in Hollywood and culture. Her function is to make the people who did it feel like victims and, and to absolve them of their guilt and to, to remove the need for any kind of contrition or penitence or, any kind, or, or making good of any action to actually fix the problem. All, human, all they want from her is, to, is, is, you know, Meryl Streep has the same effect on people, I think. <laughs> they want the endorsement of this sort of supernatural, um, you know, feminine force just to remind, just, 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 just so they know they're okay. Well, they're not okay. They're not okay because the, the, the female sexual harassment stuff is barely, the, barely scratching the first bit of the, you know, exoskeleton of this horrible, ugly beast in Hollywood, this, this you know, this cesspit of moral turpitude. Hey, hey you know, uh, Milo, find out. I agree with every bit of that, but in the barely 90 seconds we have left, uh, oh, your, your old cohort, uh, Steve Bannon, out at Breitbart. What do you make of that? Very sorry to see people who know better um, 
stabbing him in the back, calling him insubstantial and opportunistic when they know that he joined the Trump campaign out of a sense of obligation to the country, out of a sense of civic pride, national duty, because he wanted to make absolutely sure that the country did not get a Hillary presidency. That's why he joined the Trump campaign. That's why he joined the administration. He was the one, let's remember, in the White House with the whiteboard trying to see Trump's campaign promises fulfilled. Very sorry to see all of this, but Steve Bannon is one of the best connected and smartest people in the country. He's going to be back with a vengeance. Did you start at Breitbart under Andy Breitbart? No, unfortunately, I never met him, if you can believe that. Um, so I was under uh, I was under Steve. Gotcha. Um, by the way, you go to dangerous.com slash join, and you can get pre-sale subscriptions just forty seven fifty for the entire year for the Milo Show. Um, and it debuts January 29th. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. We're doing some live streams on uh, YouTube and Facebook at the moment to give people a taste of what the show will be like. But we will be live probably January 29th. And yes, indeed, you can go to dangerous.com slash join to sign up right now. Going to go for kind of a similar tone to what you've been doing? You're going to go a little more serious, more outrageous? What's the plan in, in 20 seconds? Well, I, I think people like the blend for me. So some shows are going to be about theology and some shows are just going to be me calling Lena Dunham fat. All right. Awesome. Hey, I got a, a quick question. Have you ever seen the, the current season of The, Bat- the Bachelor? No, I haven't, okay. but I, it, 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 I think that shows for women. I just can't well, the, the current, I, be, I think the current Bachelor's gay, and I just wondered if you thought you had gaydar and could tell me whether or not he is. Mm. I'll check it out, and I'll let you know. Fantastic. I'll, I'll, I'll come on next week, and I'll tell you for sure. The people awesome. have a right to know. Awesome. Milo Yiannopoulos, thanks, Milo. Good to talk to you. That is gonna, that's a burgeoning scandal in America. Yeah. Is it? Oh, please. You kidding? You know, he is dangerous. Which is kind of why I like them. More on that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.